Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. This is Denise Brown, your host of Your Caregiving Journey, a talk show that helps you as you help family members and friends. It's Saturday, July 30th. It's 9 a.m. Central Time, and we're live out of Chicago. Thanks so much for joining me this morning. Usually we talk to today's guest on the third Saturday of the month, but we re- we juggled our schedules a little bit, so she's going to join us in just a few moments, Holly, who cared for her husband, and we're going to talk about the question, is caregiving rewarding? Hmm. We'll see. Okay, a couple quick updates for you. Our National Caregiving Conference is December 2nd and 3rd. We've added some pre-conference intensives. I'll have the agenda up on December 4th, and you can start to register for our conference on December 4th. I'll also announce some really cool contests we've got going on around the conference, including cash prizes to help you get to Chicago and help you pay for respite care so you can take a break. So you want to make sure that you are ever present on caregiving.com in the next week so that you can be up to date on all the happenings. We celebrate our 20th birthday on August 3rd. So we're going to have our birthday party on August 4th. In the past, I've kind of done more elaborate parties, but this year, which seems odd for the 20th, we're just going to celebrate for a day although I might throw in more days, we'll see. But on December 4th, when you stop by caregiving.com, look for the headline that says, give us your best caregiving tips, share a tip, and you'll be entered into a chance to win. I've got amazon.com gift cards to give away and my latest book, which is called Take Even More Comfort. It's the fourth volume in my Take Comfort series. So the follow, the first week in August is going to be big on caregiving.com. Conference announcements, contests, announcements around the conference, and our birthday party. And I just want to mention that Take Even More Comfort is available now on Kindle. It's $2.99. So if you like to read either on your Kindle device or through the Kindle app, you can download the book for $2.99. And I just want to say it is my favorite Take Comfort book. When I was going through it and reading it, I thought, oh, this is so good. And I know I wrote it, but I still think, oh, my gosh, this is so good. So I really think your $2.99 is going to feel like one of the best purchases you make today, at least. (laughs) You can find out more on caregiving.com or on amazon.com about Take Even More Comfort. And finally, if you are interested in learning more about our Certified Caregiving Consultant Training Program, I am, am having a free webinar on August 12th at noon Eastern time. I'll go through the details of the program and I'll be available to answer questions that you might have. And I'll also share some coupon codes to help you save some money on the training programs. Last weekend, we had our first class of certified caregiving educators come to Chicago for in-person training. So I'll tell you about that program too. So your first step is to become a certified caregiving consultant, and then you can move to a couple other training programs, including our Certified Caregiving Educator. 
And when you become an educator, you're on our Speakers Bureau, and you can give the Caregiving Years presentation in your community. And interestingly enough, the students, once they got back to their hometowns and their work and their back to life after our in-person training program this weekend, hit the floor running and have started booking presentations and workshops. So it was a great weekend. It's a great training program. So again, if you're interested in learning about the Certified Caregiving Consultant Training Program, and then the next level of training, which includes the educator training, join me on August 12th at noon Eastern time. And if you go to caregiving.com, you'll see an ad that's on the top of every page, and it says, Share Your Wisdom, Become a Certified Caregiving Consultant. Just click that ad, and that will take you to the page where the webinar will take place. And if you scroll down, you can register to receive a reminder. And those are the updates. So Holly's joining us this morning. Holly has shared her caregiving journey for the past six years with us. She joins us monthly for a podcast. We followed her journey as she cared for her husband, Dave. And now she's in her life after caregiving ends, and her husband died at the end of January in 2015. So Holly has continued to share what life is like for her. So welcome, Holly. Thanks so much for being here today. Thanks, Denise. I love coming. So here's the inspiration for today's show. So we're going to talk about the question, is caregiving rewarding? And there was a Huffington Post article, blog post, that was published a few weeks ago. And the author cares for her husband. And it was during a really difficult medical crisis. So she was in the hospital trying to sort through treatment options, appropriate care, the ins and outs of the healthcare professionals in her husband's hospital room. And one of the professionals who she interacted with gave her a brochure about being a family caregiver. And in the first paragraph, it said something like, you are embarking on a rewarding journey. And it was really the last thing this particular family caregiver wanted to hear. So her blog post basically said, this isn't rewarding. It just sucks. So I asked on caregiving.com, is caregiving rewarding? And there was a really interesting conversation that came out of it. I thought, this is a great question for us to discuss. Mm -hmm. So what do you think? Where do we start with this? Um, When I thought about that question, um, it really depends on your mindset and Mm -hmm. where you are. And you could be still in the middle of the muck, but if you can just stop and say, okay, you, do you have a choice here? Do you want to stay here? Or, you know, do you, like, do you feel trapped? Do you feel trapped or do you feel like you are choosing to, to care for your family member? And because that is where, that's when my caregiving turned around was I was feeling like that woman. And if somebody had said that to me, I, I, could, I can understand her response. Because I was feeling completely trapped by, um, and, and I was grieving the, the, the loss of what our future was going to be. So um, I had a lot of emotions. It was a lot of work. Dave was doing better than I was. I was resentful. His um, 
disease wasn't progressing like I thought it should so that I could be out of my pain. But once I had that moment, and you know that famous moment in the kitchen, it did become rewarding. It was absolutely rewarding. I started looking at what what am I gaining um, by caring for Dave? What am I learning about myself? And initially, you don't, you just don't hear that. You don't want to. You just, you get angry at people saying, you know, like you don't understand. You're not in my situation. And and it really does come down to your perspective and and your mindset, not the circumstance, because there was times when we were in the hospital, when you're going one more thing, and then and yet you bring yourself back and say no. You know, this is this is the road we're traveling for whatever reason, um, and the reasons are still are, are still unfolding, like even now, and um, and that you know how can I how can I live my best life so that I can allow or do my best to give Dave his best life? So just as an aside your story about when you were at the kitchen sink is an inspiration for one of my comforts in my latest book. It's called Sink. (laughs) I've been meaning to tell you that. I should send that to you. Yeah. 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 I was thinking about it. i buy the book for sure. Oh, there you go. Okay. Thank you, Molly. So what I think is kind of interesting is how the the wording was presented to this family caregiver. And I think a lot has to do with her response to that because it seemed shallow and hollow and it didn't seem like they understood what she was going through. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple parts to this that I think are interesting. The first part is when people tell you something that seems completely out of reality based on what the reality is and how our perspective really does drive what we think of our circumstances. Mm-hmm. So I think about you, Holly, when you heard the diagnosis with your husband, you were in the doctor's office and basically he said to you, remind me what he said to you because it was pretty fatalistic. It was. Yeah, he said um, he he slid the pamphlet for Alzheimer's Society across the table, and he said, uh, you know, looked at me with these puppy eyes and said, I'm sorry, there's nothing more I can do. And that was it. There was no follow-up. There was no, um, you know, here's something you can try. Um, You know, uh, maybe you can get a hold of someone who's been through on your journey. There was, it was like cutting the cutting the line from from, from a yeah. Yeah. When I think about that, I think I hope we have progressed beyond that, but I fear we haven't. No, I don't think we have. I don't and think so, we have because I still, yeah, hear caregivers being told that. And what was it that you wanted to hear in that moment? Um, maybe just, you know, go home, um, you know, um, allow it to absorb in and let's meet back here in two weeks. Um, just some kind of support, some, some, some one step, one action step where I didn't have to think about it, you know, where I felt like somebody cared 
about us other than we were not we 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 just weren't a medical number. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Because then you feel taken care of. Okay, we're going to go back and Yeah. Yeah. We're going to go back in a couple of weeks. I have time to absorb and digest this information. Mm-hmm. I have time mm-hmm. to get together questions. Mm-hmm. And then I have time to figure out, well, what what should our next step be? Right. Yeah. Especially because a diagnosis really involves life planning. So it's money, it is legal issues, it's emotional issues, it's support, it's life planning. And the idea that they would just give you a pamphlet and say there's nothing more we can do for you is obscene because there is a ton that they can do to help. Well, the one thing he did, he did say... Do you, ha- do you have your affairs in order? Do you have a power of attorney? And you know that someday, it's not if, but it's when Dave will lose his license. And Dave's sitting there, who's completely, you know, I mean, he, he's, he was doing far better than what the test results, what the scans were showing. And he's, he's just like, he's faded out. And, 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 and I'm getting all this stuff coming at me, and he's showing me the scan with you know, all this water on the brain because it's filling in, and he's talking about the brain dying. That's the kind of stuff that we were told, and and then, sorry, you know, there's nothing more I can do. And and it was just, it was, it was a load. It was a load. Yeah, right. It it was too many endings. Oh, absolutely. And, and and Dave, you know, the next day when we were able to talk about it next morning, because I had a business meeting that night, but the next morning I said, Dave, how do you feel about the um, doctor's visit? And he said, well, you know, why, um, why did he want to, why did he want us to get our affairs in order? Why do we have to, to have a will? Doesn't he think I'm going to live very long? And, and I, boy, I had to think quickly and say, you know, Dave, um, None of us are guaranteed another day. You know, anything can happen to us, and it's a good idea. Kids are older to redo our wills anyway. But I had to kind of trip back up on that and, and you know, compose myself while while answering his questions. Yeah. So I guess the concern is that healthcare professionals deliver information to us without really understanding the impact of the information they deliver and without really thinking about circumstances. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. It's not just caregiving. You know, it's all, it's most specialties that I'm, that I'm familiar with. I've been in the medical profession for 40 years. Um, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's an orthopedic problem or, it's it it isn't delivered in many time, many ways or many times with compassion and and it's I don't know whether they can't get into that pain or they they have yeah. they cannot relate to it I don't right. know what it is because they've got to compete you know keep their composure um, they're delivering a message and their job's done and, and you know I don't know medical school. How much do you spend on human relationships and, right. and communication? And no, it's all about saving a life, and and it's not necessarily about the quality or 
the impact of their words. Yeah. You know, this is just such such a fascinating topic to me. So, if you were to think about the rewards you receive from caregiving, right? What are they? Oh my goodness! Oof. I get a little I get a little emotional thinking about all the rewards. Uh, um, I'm a different person. I have so much more compassion of stepping into someone else's shoes, watching watching someone make the most of what he's got. Um, patience, learned a lot of patience. I thought it was I thought having children was enough, but no, I needed a whole lot more a lot more lessons than that, but a lot of patience. Um and, and, and it spills out into all other aspects of your life. Um, listening and being aware and being present. Because you you want to be present and not jump to the future, which you know is not, you know the ending is going to be, but you don't want to emphasize that because you want to make the most of right now. And, and getting out of what ifs, you know, of the past. You know, what if this didn't happen? So, becoming practicing being present is probably one of the biggest gifts because that's where the peace comes in just inner peace and and it doesn't matter whether you're caregiving just generally your inner peace will come from living in the present and and that's what it taught me watching someone who with dementia um lived in the present um you know he didn't have anger he didn't he didn't worry you know when his als was diagnosed um Oh, learning to receive. Oh, as a female, oh, was I independent? I can do it. I can handle it. Uh, and 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 realizing how wonderful it feels to receive, and also for that person, being vulnerable. Oh my mm-hmm. goodness, being vulnerable, being authentic. You know, um, accepting self. You know, self acceptance, self forgiveness. Seriously, Denise, the nine-year journey has has impacted me so much for the positive. I mean, when I go to hospice, and because I, I volunteer at hospice now, and the nurses will say, you know, they'll find out my story from someone else, and they'll say, now I know why you are the way you are with these patients and why you um, can see things that some of us can't see. It has It has really shaped... And I have so much more peace about life and and a whole lot less worry about the future because it'll take care of whatever's happening in the present. Those are just some of the things. Do you remember a a talk show we did a few years ago where you talked about fears and you talked about the bear? Um, oh, about being mad? No, what, 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 I can't. I, there was a bear that was coming into your yeah. property. Yeah. We get bears. Yeah, we have them all the time. Um, there was a bear I was really mad at because he kept. Okay, I maybe it to, was. Yeah, maybe it was anger. Maybe it was anger. Yeah, it was than anger. And, and I couldn't. Okay. Oh, it was about not being able to control the bear. And yeah. Okay. There you it, go. It didn't matter what I did. 
he found yeah. my feeders. I put him on pulleys. Yes. And I got I got so mad at him. I was just going out there with rocks, and I was just mad. I would be screaming. I would just be, and I'd, I could see myself being that way. And it really was I couldn't control Dave's di- disease. I couldn't yeah. control that. And that's what I tried to do in those first couple years. That, that is another. That's right. Releasing <laughs> control over things outside yourself. Yes, right. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And our, our recognition that it's about the effort, not depending on the outcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you set your intention. You put the action, and then you release the outcome. Yes, and that's the way that we move into the future, ready for the future, which doesn't seem like that would work. Mm -hmm. No, 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 because you think you need to sort of command, you know, you've got to take control and you've got to organize every step. Yeah, yeah. Now, there there might have been one of a fear. It was, um, was it a coyote and and that, like, when I let our dog out and and then... (gasps) And then I heard, and then I heard something running, and I called her right back in. And and a second later, there was a pack of coyotes right that that they were trying to lure her. And then my legs were like shaking, and I kept thinking, "Oh my God, what would have?" And I said, "No, what it didn't happen. So like, let it go. Presently, she's in the house. I'm fine. She's fine." And uh, and then I just released the fear that way. I don't know if that was another story or. I yeah I think it's fascinating that really the caregiving experience is really the experience of letting go, and people think it's the end where we let go. Oh, yeah. but it's at the beginning where we have to. Oh, we are yeah. we are challenged to let go from yeah. the moment we think something's wrong, when we hear the diagnosis, when the declines continue, when the relationships around us change. Yeah, we are just challenged with letting go throughout. Right. Well, you know, there'll be resistance because any time there's change, there's going to be resistance, and so you're going to fight it. And then, and then when you get tired of the fight, when you realize that you're not sleeping well, that you're waking up cranky, you're you're sad, you're not laughing very much, you go, okay, um, something's got to change here. And that's when you give the fight up and say, okay, I got to ride this. I I, I got to quit paddling upstream. Yeah, yeah. Because this is my reality, and what do I do about it? So if you were to create a right first paragraph of a pamphlet for family caregivers in the hospital, and let's mm-hmm. say the pamphlet just described different services that are available to help, and the first paragraph is that family caregiver's view of what the hospital can do to help. What would you include in that first paragraph? What would be the words you use? Um, hmm. Well, I would, I, you know, I don't know if that, um, uh, see, I, w- I would want to be with someone who's walked the road, who can, who will listen, who, yes. uh, who, who will it will be a safe environment where there's no judgment and there's no right or wrong it's it's just allowing them to 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 speak their feelings in a safe 
You know, like if they're mad, allow them to be mad. If they're sad, allow them to cry. Um, that you know, I'd love to see a ho- the hospital have someone, not just a typical counselor, but and and not a grief counselor, but really specific to to those families um, dealing with with life ending um, illnesses. Yeah, I love this. I love your idea about the pamphlet. It's about you may feel angry. Mm-hmm. If you do, here are the resources available to you. Mm-hmm. You may feel overwhelmed. If you do, here are the resources available to you. So it's not a assumption about how you feel. It's a recognition mm-hmm that there are a range of emotions and whatever right. that emotion you feel, there is support. There right. are services. There are places you could go within the hospital. And it's if, okay. It's, it's yeah. okay. That you yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, so there's a couple, I, I just want to mention something. One of the goals with the certified caregiving consultant training program is that hospitals hire certified caregiving consultants to meet with family caregivers. So you go mm-hmm. into the emergency room with your caree. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right away, the, the staff says, oh, there's a, a daughter or a spouse. There's wow. a caree. It's a caregiving situation. Let's get a certified yeah. caregiving consultant down wow. here. Who is right, right, part of the team. That's so fantastic. the certified, yeah, so... One, your carry is having tests because there's always a CT scan or something like that, and they're away from that little area where they are in the emergency room. The certified caregiving mm-hmm. consultant says, okay, so now it's time for you. Let's go sit and have a cup of coffee. Let's get mm-hmm. some information about you and how you're mm-hmm. doing. We know how your carry is doing. Let's figure out how you're doing. What happened that mm-hmm. brought you here today? What do you yep. need that's missing? Yep. Uh, yeah. You know, the assessment of the family yeah. caregiver. They're the primary care provider. Wow. Yeah, that's the and goal. It, you know, and what I noticed throughout the whole thing, even with the Alzheimer's Society, the emphasis is on the the, the person with, yes. the, with the condition. Yes. And yes. the other ones Absolutely. are just supposed to just deal with it. And yet that whole <laughs> yes. family is falling apart. Yes, right. And and, yes. and, no, and nobody is giving them any recognition or... Right. Yeah, support. Oh my None. God! But the person with the disease, boy, oh boy. Yeah. Lots, lots so, of things in place. So I was with my dad in the emergency room last summer at midnight. Mm-hmm. He went by the ambulance. I drove behind. When I got mm-hmm. to the emergency room, he was in an area, a little room in the emergency room, but they hadn't checked him in. So I had to sit in the waiting room, waiting and waiting and waiting. And so I would go to the security guard. Could I go in and see my dad yet? And then I waited and worried, is the security guard going to tell me when I can go see my dad? And, you know, it's 1230 at night. I sent texts to my siblings because I thought, well, what the heck? They're not going to get it. They're not going to see it until the morning. But it just makes me feel better. But what what if the security guard had said, okay, we know your dad is checked in. Let's get the certified caregiving consultant out now. to take you out of the waiting room into another room and she's going to be paged immediately when your dad is ready. And then that certified caregiving consultant keeps track of me. So my dad goes Mm -hmm. to a, for a CT scan at 3 AM. She -hmm. comes out and says, Oh gosh, you must be tired, but I know Mm -hmm. that you want to stay awake. 
Let's get you some coffee. Let's get you some water. Let's get you a snack. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, That's wouldn't that be beautiful. awesome? Oh, wouldn't that be goodness. awesome? Yeah. Yeah, that is yeah. so beautiful. Hmm. What a great, great um, program you've got going, to Denise. Hmm. I kind of got carried away with that, and there was something else I wanted to <laughs> you but and to mention yeah, but that's good that 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 probably educates people in other cities to get something going or to go and be certified yes yes and and that's important yeah. and the cost of hiring someone becomes mm-hmm. insignificant based on the gains mm-hmm. so you know mm-hmm. they always say family caregivers don't self-identify which you know what drives me nuts because they are in the healthcare system all the time. Someone else could identify them as a family caregiver mm-hmm. and help them. It makes me crazy that people are all concerned about whether family caregivers self-identify. It's not up to the family caregiver to self-identify. <laughs> the hospital system, the doctor's office, the social security um, rep can identify them as family caregivers. They are in the healthcare system Cons drives me nuts. It makes me so mad. So, <laughs> okay, <here's> well, <laughs> that's good. You're on a mission. <laughs> oh, I have been mad about that for about 15, 16 years. Ah, so, part of your why, eh? Yeah. yeah. Let's end with what's what are the blessings of your life right now, Holly? What are you blessed with? What do you receive? as your blessings today? Inner peace. And um, knowing that I did the best I could with Dave and I'm now able to share all my lessons with whoever I meet. It doesn't matter whether it's in the grocery store, uh, my physio practice, um, hospice. I, I just, I have, and I, I love myself. Like I have given up so much judgment mm-hmm. about being and 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 expectation to be perfect. Um, yeah, I, I I'm in I'm in a really good place, and I'm only 62, which means I've got a lot of years still to to enjoy um, growing from um, from this place. Yeah, isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. As always, what we talked about today was really, it's your perspective Mm -hmm, that changes your circumstances. Mm -hmm. And it's really just choosing the perspective that honors you. Yes. And that you just, you know, everybody will, they have unique perspectives and it's not right or wrong. It's, it, it, it is what it is. And, um, but if you don't find it rewarding, know that it is possible. Yeah, it is possible. Absolutely. Okay, Holly, thank you so much. Okay. Thank always you, so, yeah, always so great. Oh my gosh. You get my wheels spinning. I love it. So I hope you have a, one- <laughs> I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Yeah, I think we'll too. be back on track in August for the third Saturday. Well, I don't know. At... I might not be here that third weekend. Oh, so I'll, I'll, well, we'll, awesome. we'll contact each other. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So you might be traveling. Okay. 
Yeah, that is but, good. But I'm, we could do the fourth, but anyway, I'll, okay. I'll chat with you. Okay. Okay, that sounds awesome. I love it when we have to reschedule because that means something great is going on. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Okay. Okay, Holly, thanks so much. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye, Denise. And thanks, everybody, so much for listening. I'm Denise Brown. Be sure to stop by caregiving.com. Let us know how you're doing because we always love to know. Take care. Bye-bye.